What's happening, Gloria? Are you guys having a press conference about being bugged by the speaker? I just want to start there real quick. <laughs> I hear that's happening, pulling that together. It's uh, quite distressing uh, to know that your cohorts have been, your colleagues have been listening in on you uh, illegally, I, I might add. <laughs> it seems, I believe that's illegal. Do we know, do we know if that's illegal? Yes, it um, is. Yeah, it's, it's illegal. Sorry, you know I can't keep my mouth shut. One party <laughs> has to be aware that they're being recorded. Right. And and so this is, we are, everybody said, it's a one-party state. Well, one party in that room did not know they were being recorded. So, uh, yes, it's illegal. And is that something that we think? We just found out this morning. Yeah, you know, you're just kind of figuring it all out. All right, well, let's, real quick, let's go through and introduce everybody. I feel like that's the first thing everybody does, at least on Fox focus, which I'm trying to model this after. <laughs> so we have Holly McCall who, what's your current title, Holly? My current title is um, chair of emerge Tennessee. It is a training pro the premier training program for democratic women who want to run for office. And I'm also what co-founder of the Tennessee holler. That's right. So Holly and I have co-founded the holler and, uh, we are we are trying to blow this thing up. So share this link right now and make sure you reach out to us with any tidbits and tips that you have. We're also, I think, going to use this broadcast right here to launch the Tennessee Holler podcast, which we should have and we haven't had. So we're going to start doing some podcast links and put some audio up. And so we appreciate you guys being on here. Kelly Gregory says this is a good looking group. I agree with you, Kelly, and we can see the comments that you guys make. So make sure that you comment and join us here and, and contribute to the conversation best you can. Moving on, we have state representative Gloria, jo Gloria Johnson, who, pardon my French, but is the only one with any balls in the entire legislature. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, Gloria has become a fan favorite this session as one of the only ones willing to constantly speak up about what's going on. So, Gloria, thank you for what you do. Where are you right now? I am in my kitchen getting my coffee. <laughs> That's fantastic. So you've made the, what, the two and a half hour trip back home? I, yeah, I made it home last night. I was in Nashville to speak to WTF on Monday night and intended to come home right after that. But so much was happening. I needed to stay in Nashville and get a little work done on Tuesday. So I just got back last night and um, really happy to be back in Knoxville. Well, um, I can speak for a lot of people to say that we're happy you guys aren't in Nashville anymore also. <laughs> yeah, the, I, the less time you guys spend in Nashville, the better. I, I've had a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, I'm thankful session is over. What else can they do to us? No yeah. one says what can they do for us. It's that's all, right. What more are they going to do to us? And that's a right. sad state of affairs. That's really well said. Uh, speaking of people doing things to other people, Afton Bain, who has become a thorn in the side of Republicans, uh, what's your title? You have so many titles, I don't even know where to start. Indivisible Tennessee, you are the face of Indivisible Tennessee. You're also the face, one of the faces of Enough is Enough, who have been bothering uh, David Byrd for a long time. So Afton, tell us what you do. So I, I have the best job in the world. I get to help uh, progressives across the state build power um, from the local to the federal level. And so um, I help uh, groups across the state that would call themselves indivisible, but not even that, just groups across the state that need help either organizing or holding their elected officials accountable. Um, and I would just like to mention that uh, Gloria Johnson is the matron state of Enough is Enough. And we're going to 
we're going to mass produce those like little saint Catholic saint candles with her face on it. Um, <laughs> she was there the day of the, the sit in and she was um, our matron saint through all of it. So um, I love it. Just wanted to shout her out as well. I love it. Well, and uh, when is your next court date, Afton? <laughs> well, um, the troopers wrote my court date for the same day as uh, the rest of the crew. So uh, we will be in court June 26th. Um, we'll be holding a press conference. Um, hopefully by then, Cassida will have resigned. But if not, um, that'll be another opportunity to talk about um, what's happening and how to hold them accountable. Okay, great. Well, we have 30 viewers right now, which is actually a lot for a broadcast like this live. Carla Bard says, good morning. Thank you for your work. Timothy Hughes says, thank you all for your service. Anya Parker says, thanks for fighting for the people. And Stacey Byers says, grateful to all of you. So we thank you guys. Keep commenting, asking questions. What I thought we would do here is take a little trip down memory lane and go through kind of where we've been and where we are with the current Cassida situation. So uh, basically this all started, well, it goes back really far to, you know, things like David Bird, which Afton has done a lot of work with, but this all started when Phil Williams, who all hail Phil Williams, right? I mean, this guy has been a monster and uh, definitely somebody that you don't want to mess with. He told us that Cassidy's chief of staff, Kate Cawthron had sent racist texts and potentially framed Justin Jones using falsified evidence to get him locked up after the no contact order. So I wanted to ask you Afton, cause you know, I've come to know and, and Holly a little bit too. I've come to know Justin Jones a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I don't think even he would defend throwing the iced tea, but you know, he's a good guy and I think he gets a bad rap. Tell us a little bit about Justin and coming to know him over the course of the past few months. Well, um, so I think, I'll, you know, Justin's been an activist since he was in attendance at Fisk University. And, um, you know, he has just been he has been out front on issues such as Medicaid expansion, um, on issues such as voter registration and voter suppression. Um, and so this is just, you know, a long line of um, his activist trajectory. Um, but really what happened was um, he was um, working with a group of young African-American millennials in Nashville, um, and they showed up at the Capitol um, in February and uh, demanded the removal of the bust. And he feels like this is um, this is what, you know, this is something that is emblematic of the systemic issues within the legislature. Um, and he believes strongly in it. And he's... Um, you know, he's just fierce and he's and I and I'm not surprised that um, he has become the symbol of a lot of the resentment in the legislature because he is he takes the moral high ground on these issues. And I couldn't agree with him more. Right. So can after the go ahead, Gloria. Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, I've known Justin a couple of years and it's because of uh, when he was at Fisk. I think it had some of the driver's license, the student driver's license. But he was a huge help to us when we were working on Medicaid expansion. So um, really good guy. Really good guy. Right. So we find out that potentially he was framed. We find out about the racist text. And first, Glenn Cassida is caught by Phil Williams in the legislature. And his response is nothing. I am trying to do my best, Glenn Cassida. I know nothing. Nothing. But then a mere hours later, right? But then a mere hours later, he he seemed to know very well that it was a computer glitch and uh, and that there was nothing nefarious about it. And then he tried to turn the tables on Phil Williams and say that, well, if Phil Williams is willing to report this fake news story about 
the uh, the fraud, the, the the falsified evidence, then that means the texts are fake. So, Holly, what did you think when you heard that? I was say, um, a journalist friend of mine in Nashville texted me after that and said, the list of things I would rather do than call Phil Williams a liar is immeasurable. <laughs> and sure enough, Glenn had barely called Phil a liar until he started to roll out screenshots of text yeah. where uh, Kate Cothran and Glenn were engaging in really gross, gross teenager sexual comment about sex in a hot chicken bathroom and uh. super racist stuff. I mean, not even veiled racism. I mean, just blatant out there, old school 1950s white privilege racism. Well, our mutual friend Eric Patton pointed out that that bathroom that he appears to maybe have had sex in is a gender neutral bathroom <laughs> that for transgender people. So I thought that was something funny and petty that Eric pointed out. Again, we have 54 people watching us right now. Share this link. Tell people we're here. Feel free to comment. We, we really appreciate all you guys being here. Uh, Phil Williams, I want to ask you, Holly, with your journalism background. Do you think Phil had planned out the drip drip of this whole thing from the beginning? Did he know, okay, I'm going to do this, then they're going to call me a fraud, and then I'm going to come over the top? Like Because it just seems so perfectly strategically planned out. So Phil Williams is not even arguably, but clearly the best investigative reporter in the state of Tennessee. And I've known him for a long time, but nonetheless, when he calls me, my mind races for a few seconds to think if there's anything I could possibly have done that would be uh, <laughs> inappropriate. That's what happens uh, when you call me, Holly. <laughs> so, sorry about that. So, I mean, I don't think that he, he there was no way he could know that Glenn Catherine would call him a liar. However, I think it's fair to assume if you've done any uh, research or if you've been following the Cassidy team that they are going to deny everything. And I think also, again, Phil is savvy enough to not dump everything on the table at once. You don't spill all your candy in the investigation. You try to give it as much legs as possible. And so I think he clearly planned to release what he had over time. And Glenn completely played into his hand. Well, okay. I, I, I would love to tell a quick Phil story. Um, when I got to the legislature, the legislature the first time, um, I hadn't been in probably a month or two, and someone from K-12, Inc., that horrible online school, emailed me and said all the teachers were asked to change their grades. They were all failing grades, and they were asked to, ch asked to change them to passing grades. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, this is not okay. Who do I go to? And someone suggested I go to Phil Williams. So Phil Williams came to my office just a couple of months into to being a legislator, and I didn't know who he was. I had no idea. But the it was just the buzz all down the hall. Gloria Johnson is done. Bill <laughs> Williams, Bill Williamson is, is in her office. She's had the sh shortest career ever. Gloria Johnson is done. It was all That's down so the funny. Hall. I, I just like, have to I say, <laughs> this is even um, when I text somebody Phil's name, it auto corrects to all caps. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like it's sort of appropriate. Phil Williams. The, the legend of Phil Williams is growing by the day, and I now have his tweets on alert. So anytime he tweets, I get an alert about it. And I thought it was really gangster when he tweeted just with that 
ticking clock. That was pretty I now have his tweets on alert. So anytime he tweets, I get an alert about it. And I thought anybody else hear that? Yeah, I can hear the feedback. Yeah. That was weird. Okay, it's over now. Uh, all right, so moving on. So Glenn's bugged our phones. He might have. You never know. Cassida then went on Phil Valentine. I thought this was a moment and basically just lied his butt off, told Phil Valentine there was nothing to it, attested to Cothran's character kind of the way he has with, with David Bird and just said, you know, that everybody's a liar. Within a matter of hours, it was very clear that he had known all along that the texts were real, that he himself had participated in lewd texts, talking about can I touch her and, you know, all this other ugly stuff that we've now seen. And Phil Valentine has gone so far as to say that he may need to step down if this is true. So my question to you guys is, do we think that we're at a point now where we're going to start seeing some Republicans speaking up or is this just never going to happen? So I'm hearing that there is a Republican caucus meeting at noon today uh, where there will be discussion of what happens next with um, the speaker. I'm just that's all I've got. I'm just dropping that in. But I got a text while we are here from a reliable source saying, are you aware that there is a Republican caucus meeting at noon to discuss Glenn's future? I mean, this is, you know, I'm, I think at this point, and Gloria can talk a little bit about the state of, state of play with the Republicans. Filing but, charges. You know, this is, they have taken every single play out of Trump's playbook, right? The yeah. denial, the locker room talk, the normalizing of lies and deceit to the point where, um, you know, it's not true that he did cocaine, even though that's been admitted by all of them. And so I think, um, you know, right now there's probably a few Republicans that understand, um, that see their in their futures and understand that if they hitch a ride to the Cassida train, that it is it is a short train. Um, I think we've done a good job. I would hope that Cassida will never be able to run for statewide office in this state. Um, and I think Republicans are seeing that and they want to make sure if they do have higher aspirations that they probably are distancing themselves. And Gloria has some thoughts about that. Well, you know, well, for me, it's like you can't distance yourself at this point. They could have spoken up at first. They didn't say a word. A couple of months, you know, some some really milk toast statements have come out that are ridiculous. Um, you you're you're all in at this point, the same way I feel with the folks with Trump. You, there's it's too late to distance yourself from him. It's too yeah. late to it's distance late. yourself from Glenn Cassidy. Well, the first person I was told about when I went to the legislature was him. And, and the reality is everybody knows who he is. Um, and and the, the Republicans know this. And for the, them to act shocked and amazed right now is borderline hysterical because it's just not true. But I think we all knew who he was. But this stuff is so in your face now. It's so unavoidable. It's so inarguable that, you know, I, I mean, I've been hearing from moderate Republicans that this is not somebody that they want representing them anymore. I think if if somebody jumps in to challenge this guy that isn't someone that they feel like is a firebrand lefty, I, I really think that at this point he's he's pretty weak. So I really hope somebody jumps in that can appeal to moderates that has progressive values and and you know i feel like there's there's a real opportunity here i, I maybe uh, I, I, I'm don't think, I don't think it's going to be one of the more moderate republicans i don't think that's going to happen um but but you know i hope that they're talking about doing something because they're certainly not talking to their constituents about doing something right um and the reality is 
this idea that, oh, is it politically correct? Is it good for me if I speak out? That's got to go out the window. Yeah. We want to get rid of corruption. We've got to talk about it as it happens, no matter where it comes from. And, and I completely agree with is, you. Staying silent is unacceptable. What do you think about the governor at this point? Uh, we're being asked by Joseph Mulgary, where is the governor on this? I heard a report that events on his schedule are, are all now photo op only. I mean, this is a situation where, you know, if you're a leader, this is the time to speak out. And it's completely unacceptable for him to continue to not speak out the way he didn't speak out about Bird. We're just seeing how these guys are essentially Christians yeah. in name only, leaders in name only. There's just no excuse for it at this point. And then, like, sometimes with the press, one of the local press folks here keeps asking me, oh, should Bill Dunn get a new suit? You know, in contemplating Bill Dunn taking the spot or whatever. But here's the reality. You know, if those folks don't step up and lead, they don't deserve any leadership. Right. Bill Dunn hasn't stepped out on this. He hasn't called Glenn Cassida out for the atrocities that he's committed. You know, um, we need to see somebody who can lead in the Republican Party. I was at the black. Sorry, go go ahead, Holly. Not a single Republican has spoken out publicly about this. Not a single Republican that I can think of has said anything publicly other than, you know, it's inappropriate and very, very weak sauce. Well, Brooke Warunsi, sorry if I'm butchering your name, Brooke, is a Republican watching. So we welcome all Republicans here. This should not be a partisan issue. This should be a humanity and morality issue at this point. And uh, we're really calling on all Republicans to to speak out, to talk to their reps and, and encourage them to speak out, too. This really shouldn't be about partisanship. I was at the Black Caucus press meet, presser yesterday. They said a lot of good stuff. But the one thing they, they stopped short of doing is calling for Cassidy's resignation. Uh, Vincent Dixie said he needs to be removed as speaker, which was something. But, you know, it seems like even on the Democrat side, some people are hesitant to call for his removal from office, which seems so except for Gloria. She's raising <laughs> her hand. Uh, we're going to put out an audio version. So we need you to shout. We can't. Not everybody can see you. Uh, but, you know, it seems like at this point there's just no turning back. I mean, this guy's got to go. And, you know, at this point, if you're not calling for him to go away, you're going to end up wearing him. And I think well, that's what everybody has to do. And, and then we get into this, you know, today we find out they've been listening in to committee rooms and offices. We have our caucus meetings in a committee room, um, you know, and we don't we're not even sure how far this goes. So, I mean, with that sort of behavior, how do you have the public trust with that sort of behavior? I, I just don't I don't. And the white noise machines in his own office. Now, Gloria, I don't know if you saw there was another story that came out this morning that once again, News Channel 5 broke. Um, he had called one of his associate yes. performers. Did you see that? Yeah. And the associate recorded the conversation, which is legal because right. one of the parties knew. Um, and in that case, uh, Speaker Cassida said, I can't believe you'd release this stuff. And then like just a short time later, he goes on air with a radio station and again says none of this is true. So, I mean, there's evidence that he's lying. I just want to bring something back. It's the racism and the sexism and the comments about the pole dancing and the sex. This is appalling. But I think we really need to focus on the illegal activity. Um, you know, the fact that you would go so far as to frame anyone, much less a 23-year-old divinity student, that... Um, there was something else he did. 
I just had like a complete. Well, yeah, I mean, well no, but you're right, and that's the point that you keep making, Holly. Is that you know, let's stay focused on the criminality here because you know the rest of this is evil, but this is actually criminal. And the district attorney and Tennessee Bureau of Investigation need to look into this. The explanation coming out of the legislative services or the tech, the IT at the legislature is questionable at best. And, you know, I don't want to cast aspersions on people who are just trying to do their jobs, but we need to hear this from somebody who doesn't work for Glenn Cassida. It should be an easy thing to figure out. Just last night, Phil Williams showed us that there are discrepancies between the printout and the email itself, as far as where the date is. And as far as Joel Ebert's email, so there's some really suspect stuff here that were certainly they've lost the benefit of the doubt a long time ago. And if indeed they did bug the committee rooms and I see that the Democratic caucus is calling for a TBI investigation, that would be another illegal activity. But this is I mean, this is Glenn Cassidy's Watergate. Yeah, absolutely. Cover ups, right. lies. Wow, that's a good that's a good well, line, Holly. Some, sometimes it's important to put um Put in perspective when you think about, you know, these fraudulent documents submitted to the DA. I mean, we were literally talking about the the intent of that was to imprison Justin Jones. And right. So That's right. Talking about, you know, falsifying documents to imprison someone that needs to be chased down until the answer is found. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that should be true no matter what party you're in. It, you should want to know. If the Speaker of the House is willing to falsify evidence to get a man thrown in jail, that should, justice should have no party. And I would be saying I would be saying everything I'm saying about a Democrat. And I, I know you all would be, too. And I think that's something that we need to keep hammering home. This is not about party. Just to read some comments real quick. Diane Babinski says, good luck. Jennifer Yamin says, my rep, Terry Weaver, is not listening. Uh, Sybil Reagan says, I'm clear. Those that are silent don't share my morals and they do share Casa to Catherine's and Kelly Gregory, who we all know and love says, this is a moment of absolute moral clarity. So, you know, this is some, this is a time where we're going to see if people are willing to show, show up and be counted or not. Justin, there's one thing I want to point out. You said um, you said if you were a Democrat, you would feel the same way. And and I do want to point out, I think this is a moment for Republicans that Democrats went through probably 20 or 25 years ago. Um, somebody was asking about scandals on Twitter yesterday, and the Democrats reached a point in the late 80s and early 90s where they were at their zenith. We'd had the majority since right up to Reconstruction. And there was some stuff similar to this going on. An aide to then Speaker Nafee died of a cocaine overdose on the eve of the 98-1988 Democratic Convention. Operation Rocky Top by the FBI uh, in 1989 resulted in the suicides of two Democratic leaders. And I think that kind of corruption started to mark the end of the Democratic strength and the rise of the Republican Party. So I just want to give context. I think what we're starting to see is a similar trajectory with Republicans. It's what happens when they get so arrogant and comfortable that they start to just do pretty much anything they want. And, and that's when people fall. So, you know, it's good to hear you say that. I didn't know that that history in that context. Afton, I want to ask you, uh, what can people do right now to get involved, to get activated, to help shine a light on this stuff? You know, you and I have talked a bunch about bird dogging and, and how much it helps to just show up for your reps and get them on video. Tell us what people should be doing. 
Yeah. So um, I just want to. So you know, in 2017, when Trump was elected, um, we, you know, all of us were involved in bird dogging our federal representative. Um, and I think that we need to return to that playbook. We need to. This is the summer of defiance. We're calling for um, the summer of state accountability. Um, and so what we're asking is for um, all of you that have you know tuned into the Tennessee Holler have. Um, taken notes from Justin Canoe as he, you know, films these interactions with people, um, that you go back into your own communities and that um, you bird dog your state representatives and you get them on record about things like David Bird, about things like block grants, about things like the corruption that we're seeing uh, at the state level. And you get them on record and you make sure that you record it. Um, and you use it to either build a narrative against your rep so that you, you can find someone to run against them in 2020, um, or you just make them look really bad. And I think it's important because um, that Thursday when I was at the Capitol uh, and arrested, you know, looking down at the House floor, and Gloria can attest to this, they're very cozy and comfy, and they're, you know, they're, they're all, you know, lots of camaraderie on the floor, and they love each other, and they're throwing back because they're safe. They're comfortable. And now guess what? They're going back into their home districts and they're not with 60 of their closest buddies. Um, and they're gonna have to answer to the voters. And so um, Enough is Enough will be an Indivisible um, and other partners are creating a toolkit. Uh, it's called, uh, I think it's called Bird Dogging with B-Y-R-D, um, the Summer of Accountability. Um, and so we, you know, everything that we've learned from 2017 until now, we'll be putting in a toolkit that you can take back um, from creating content. So making sure how to get things on audio, how to use free programs online to add subtitles, um, how to create digital content around it, uh, and how to make sure that the media picks up on it. So I'm really excited. And so for all of you that have been infuriated, now's your time to shine in your own communities um, by getting your reps on record. Well, and just to expound on that a little bit, that's sort of why we created the Holler, right? Holly, it's to have an outlet for this stuff. It's to essentially hold them accountable and to have a place to put these things when you make them. And the Holler is nothing without the audience, without the people. It's just a microphone. So, you know, when you guys do show up and bird dog people and, and get these guys on record, you know, you are the holler. That's kind of how I see it. And all the videos that we put up come from all these different places throughout the state. We can't be everywhere because we're just an independent site without a budget, but you can be everywhere. And when you make those videos and you get them up on our site and when you send them to us and we amplify it, that's how we're going to end up changing this, this state for the better, regardless of who, which party's in control, we're going to change the state for the better by holding people accountable and, and, and holding this behavior accountable. Uh, I don't want to jump on her, but but the Republican who said she was watching is uh, I'm trying to find her comment. Brooke said that I get the yeah. racist statements, but what's so wrong with a man being attracted to a woman? Am I missing something here? Oh, I'm not yeah. want to jump on her, but I just want to ask Brooke to look back at some of the things that Cassida has said and done, the lies that he's told, the people that he's defended, knowing how guilty they were. And, and let's just be really clear. This is not a Democrat Republican thing. This is about a man supporting child sex abusers, supporting uh, and promoting people who have been blatantly racist and done cocaine in the office. And there is a connection here between this behavior and some of the legislation that we've seen passed. And, and so we need to make sure that the hearts of the people who are passing laws that affect all of us are in the right place. And when you're as loose with the truth 
to be generous as Glenn Cassida has been lately, that's not somebody that we need in one of the highest offices in the land. So I don't, I don't want to jump on Brooke. I appreciate that you're willing to sit here and listen to us, but I just ask you to look further into it. And she just said well, that she'll check yeah, the holler tonight when the video is over. I appreciate that. That's all we can ask. I'd like to address that too. Um, I, I will tell you for me, that is sort of, that is the least of my concerns. It is gross. I think it's gross. It's juvenile. It's like sophomoric boys talking about their sexual escapades. Um, but to me, again, like that is the least of my concerns. The most of my concerns is the systemic. Um, it's really like poor treatment of his constituents. That's done, that's done through legislation. And I think that the sexual stuff and even the racist stuff, it's bad. I don't approve of any of that, but I think that is such a shiny object. It's taking the focus off the real issues. Right. Well, I, I, I guess I, I disagree because me, the, for the, the racist text to show exactly how that sort of thinking leads to the criminal yeah. behavior that you're talking about. That's true. I that's true. completely related. You don't have you don't have one without the other. If they're not racist, they're not going to try to frame a young black man. That's right. And now let me ask a really stupid question. Do any of us think that any part of Glenn Cassida is introspecting a little bit about any of this? Or I, I knew Afton wasn't going to like that one. And I don't think any of you will. But does this man have any shame whatsoever? Like, I, I know it's a dumb question, but like, I, I can't imagine that he's not going, you know, maybe I haven't been living right. Well, Justin, as you Go ahead, Afton. We, we launched the holler when you confronted him about the David Byrd stuff. And he stood there clearly and said he thinks David Byrd was a good man doing a good job. So I, I would just, you know, I don't know Glenn very well. I did deal with him when I ran for office against Jeremy Durham in 2016. But I would say that shame is probably not a big part of his um, makeup. <laughs> That's probably a safe assumption and, and an understatement to say the least. Uh, it's really going to take, you, you know, again, like I'm glad Brooke was here because we saw it with Bird. You know, once our Republican friends started to tune in a little bit, within a matter of days, he was removed from that subcommittee chairmanship. So, you know, we can only do what we can do, but it's really going to take changing the hearts of some Republicans and for them to see. Like, here's the thing. If Glenn Cassida is removed from office or from the speakership, it's not like Democrats suddenly control the state. Right. You know, you should be able yeah. to find a Republican who doesn't abide pedophiles and racists to lead the state. And, and we're not asking you to suddenly give Democrats all the power. We're just asking the Republicans that you choose to have some sort of morality and moral compass and to act like they care about the truth. And, you know, our motto with the holler is always yell the truth. I don't know what Cassida is yelling, but it's not that. Well, you know, one thing to point out for me, as, as soon as all of this started and got, you know, started getting deeper and deeper, I'm getting phone calls from Knoxville. My phone calls of just what is going on, those were not from Democrats. Those mm. phone calls were from Republicans, former elected Republicans, um, you know, Republicans pretty involved in politics were calling me going, what is up? And, and even like, what are y'all doing? And I'm like, well, we're speaking out. <laughs> I said, why don't you talk to your friends on the other side of the aisle and get right. them to speak up? But right. they, I mean, they were horrified. They were horrified. And I'm just like, I'm horrified as well. You know, and I think they call me because I will tell them the truth and tell them what we're doing. You know, we're as Democrats. But but the reality is we have got to have, you know, the, some Republicans speaking out, too, to, to do what's right. 
And the other thing, and Justin and I were talking about this before um, Gloria and Holly jumped on, but you know, working for a national organization, but also having lived in other countries and other states, you know, I'm hyper concerned with how Tennessee is being portrayed across the country. And for people like Glenn Cassida, who, you know, this is their entire world and they will hold on to power, you know, they will die with it in the grave. It's like, you know, we are setting a bad reputation for Tennessee across the state and, and not just, I mean, we saw this with the anti-LGBTQ legislation. We saw, um, you know, full page ads in the local paper, uh, you know, telling Amazon and Google not to move here because of our legislation. I mean, this is his legislation, you know, the, 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 the extreme and violent legislation that he has passed this session, not only with the corruption, but it, it is Tennessee in a really bad light. And and it's just, you know, for someone who loves her state, grew up here, you know, wants to be this beacon of, you know, moral clarity or at least, you know, something like it. Um, you know, I just don't think he understands the, the, the national consequences of this behavior. Hey, yeah. Justin, we've got some comments that are pretty good. Um, Timothy Hughes brought something up when I said, the sexism and racism are bad. And Timothy Hughes pointed out the real issue, as you indicated, or one of you indicated, Gloria, maybe it was you, is that they are, the racism is also driving some of this legislation. Like, we haven't even talked on this uh, this cast today about how they criminalized voter registration drives. Right, right. Is and clearly targeted towards African-American voters. There's no question about it. And, and you know, the, li the list goes on and it's long and the hypocrisy that we've seen about criminalizing, uh, you know, nonviolent drug offenses and throwing the book at people while they themselves are snorting coke in the legislative offices. The hypocrisy is endless. There's a straight line between the voter registration criminalization bill and Kate Cothran using the N word. And, you know, we need to call it out and point at it. And and especially since, you know, with that bill in particular, they never even met with the Tennessee Black Voter Project. They never heard them out. They never heard their side of the story. Their voices are being, voices of women are being silenced. Voice, voices of black people are being silenced. And, you know, it's in different ways. It's not just about turning microphones off. It's about not listening. It's about not taking meetings. And, and we need to point at it and call it out. And we need Republicans who are supporting them to understand that there's a different way to go about this and a different way to rule this state. And it doesn't mean giving up power. It just means calling it out when you see it. And we all need to be willing to do that. Um, I just saw we got a comment. The Democratic Caucus is live now uh, talking about the, the bugging of the conference rooms and talking about filing um, or asking TBI to look into that. Okay. So they're, they're live right now talking about that. Well, that's good. And uh, Bowen and Mike have been speaking out pretty strongly and uh, so it's, it's nice to hear that they're talking about that. And we'll definitely go watch that press conference and try to put a cut down of it over, up on our site. I just want to take the minute to tell people that, you know, go to the TennesseeHoller.com, follow us at the TN Holler on Twitter, Facebook, at Afton Bain, B-E-H-N, at Gloria Johns, Rep Gloria, Vote Gloria J on Twitter, and at uh, J Holly Mac. MC. Holly Mac, yep. J Holly Mac. Uh, so that's us on Twitter. Do you guys have anything else you want to say while we're here? This was really fun. I hope we can do this more often. I, I actually wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how well this is going to work, but this worked really, really well. So I hope that we do more of this and uh, and and give people a chance to speak out. There's a lot of other comments here if you guys want to hear them. Yeah, I did want to say, hey, yeah. Brooke, 
uh, you know, we are on the opposite sides of the aisle and all that. But we actually sat down one time and had a long conversation at Panera. And, you know, we found some common ground. So um, I appreciate her tuning in. Well, the th- I, what I learned when I was running for Congress this past cycle was we have a lot more in common than we think. And, you know, when we drill down on the issues, there's more in common there. It's not it's not about when we talk in generalities, we talk past each other. But when we get into specifics, that's when we can have a conversation. So we need to stop yelling at each other. We need to stop calling everything socialism, calling everything, everything else. We need to just talk about specifics and figure out what problems we're try- trying to solve. And I think when we do, we have more in common than we think. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to read off some comments here and then we can, we can let you guys go. Chris Hale, our buddy, Chris Hale says, do we know if the three democratic legislators who voted for speaker have a rescinded support? Mm. Uh, I'm guessing one of those is DeBerry. So probably not, but that would be a good question to ask. Uh, Gloria, do you know the answer to that? I do not know the answer to that. All right. But Chris, that's a good question. Let's, let's get to the bottom of that. I can find uh, <laughs> Brandon says Mike and Bo are holding a press conference about the invasion of privacy they want federal prosecutors to review whether it rises to the level of public corruption. I think that's absolutely something that they should do. And uh, from the sound of it, they certainly would have a case there. Uh, let's see. These people are hurting Tennessee's reputation nationally and internationally, says Timothy Hughes. Uh, Jennifer Yamin says Cassidy even said his goal is to make Tennessee the most conservative state in America. I don't know if, you know, that word conservative gets thrown around a lot. I'm not sure what's conservative about doing cocaine in the legislative offices and using the N-word. And I'm not sure what's conservative about abiding child sex abusers. So, you know, he's making up something, the number one something. I'm not sure that word is conservative. He talks the talk, but he is not walking the walk, clearly. Maybe what he means by conservative is $70 million in tax cuts to massive corporations and uh, the wealthy and and no tax cuts for um, the working folks and, and middle class oh, yeah. because Absolutely. You know, the, the biggest tax uh, the biggest tax uh, cut was to FedEx a multi-billion dollar company and that's they right had 21 million dollar tax cut and didn't need it right and they act Maybe like they're saving us so much money but that $21 million, we lose that every single week. We don't expand Medicaid. So I'm a little tired of hearing about their fiscal conservatism when they've cost us $7 billion and counting. There's nothing fiscally conservative about her hospitals closing, 300,000 Tennesseans going without care, and the list goes on. So and vouchers. Let, let, let's, and vouchers, right. Let's go through just with la- final thoughts. Wait, can, I say, can I say something yeah, really quick? Um, so, uh, our national, uh, New York indivisible, uh, organizer. So remember, you know, I'm connected to all these groups. She just messaged me right now and said, Hey, indivisible Westchester is asking about an update on the Tennessee groups, ousting the Tennessee house speaker. So this is literally rippling across the country. So keep it up. Like we're going to be relentless, like be dogged and, and keep fighting because, you know, we we're not going to stop. Yeah, sorry. We're about, and I would add that the Williamson County Democratic Party, since Glenn Cassida is from Williamson County, uh, we've got a string of bad behaviors here. Um, I'm lucky to have served as past chair. We've got a great current chair, Chris White, but we are working on a campaign called uh, Unseat the Speaker um, that we rolled out yesterday from our executive committee member. So we're hashtagging Unseat the Speaker. Unseat the speaker, resign Cassida. All the hashtags are welcome. I appreciate you guys doing this. Let's do it more often. Uh, the holler is the tnholler.com. And 
you know, subscribe to us there. Monthly donations are really helpful because parking at the Capitol is expensive as hell. And, uh, and, and, and share this link and share our stuff and, and let's spread the word and, and grow everybody's feed on this and, and ours too. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Let's do this more often. All right, guys. Thanks.